0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Rainbow Dice Club podcast. We're an LGBTQ2IA+, actual play, D&D 5E podcast, coming to you from wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Lex, my pronouns are they, she. I currently have a cat sitting on my chest who is trying to make my life challenging. I am your dungeon master for the evening. My cast and crew is making a bunch of weird faces at me. Um, but they can introduce themselves. Go ahead, everyone.
1: Hi, my name is Supriya, or Zoop. Uh, I, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ziva, whose pronouns are she, her. And she's ready for a fresh start. Aww. Hello, my name is Ariana. My pronouns
2: are she, her. Um, I play Alara Spinnelspark, whose pronouns are also she, her. And... We just had a really long break again, and I'm really excited to be back with my friends recording.
3: Hello, everyone. My name is Wayra. My pronouns are she, they, and I play Varys, whose pronouns are he, they. Don't forget to drink some water and get some sun, because you're all basically houseplants with complicated emotions.
4: Very accurate and good good advice. Hello, everybody. My name is Dusty. My pronouns are she, they, and I play Ivy Night Breeze Tinker Faye. Whose pronouns are she, her, and I am in the process of moving, so my brain has vacated my body. By moving, they mean that they're moving bodies.
3: Ooh. Spooky.
1: I didn't realize
3: that Dusty was Kayleen. Excuse me. <laughs> Before we get into the episode, this
2: week we're shouting out the co-authors of The Thread of Souls, an epic fantasy book series based on a homebrew TTRPG. Follow them at Tal and Rue on Twitter or see the link in our show notes. Today's episode includes abandonment trauma, complex past relationships, depression, emotional distress, trauma responses, panic attacks, profanity, self harm, and blood magic.
0: Last time, the group confronted Merwin, head of the Nishadi Temple in Dragon's Nest. Following some tense conversation, Merwin started trying to attack Zeva. Throughout the fight, some acolytes, who seemed to be possessed or charmed, started setting up a sort of ceremonial circle and altar. Alara hit one of these acolytes with her electric gauntlet, and he goes down. As Merwin is cornered by Varys and separated from Ziva, she steps into the circle and seems to try to start an unknown ritual. Varys and Ivy, in her skeletal wild shape, completed another tag team attack resulting in Merwin being killed mid-ritual. While the fight seemed to be done, a smoky shadow emitted from Merwin's body, solidifying in an almost uncanny version of Ziva, only with a barbed tail, claws, and too many teeth. The downed acolyte reanimated and another acolyte joined to attack Ziva and Alara. Alara downed the second acolyte. Ziva's mother, the demon Kalian, continued the fight lashing out at Varys and trying to attack ziva from afar one of her fire attacks managed to hit an already injured ziva just a bit too hard and ziva went unconscious ziva in her unconsciousness was visited by a new friend who did their best to reassure her that she is okay and chaos is not a bad thing but is instead the one true constant in this world this friend the god Shadi also awakened some part of Ziva, causing her to revive herself and rejoin the fight. Doing what they do, Varys used his fuck-all scythe to kill Kalian, who vowed to return and continue to hunt Ziva. As the fight ended, the group looks at the disaster that ensued, the temple is damaged, the floor uneven, as though an unseen force rippled through the space, and the bodies of the fallen foes littered the worship space. In their shock, The group left the temple to go watch the following stars, still covered in blood and dirt. We pick up the next day in the Mountain Peak pub as the group has started to recover physically from the fight. For the listeners, in this next episode or so, we're going to be moving quite quickly through time. We're going to be seeing how things change over the course of about a month or so. But we're starting in
4: this first day, the day after the fight. Would you guys all meet for breakfast? I think since probably... Ivy's going to be the only one up right now since she trances. I think she's going to be writing a letter to her dad, knowing that she can't send it anyways, but just wanting the catharsis of talking to her dad, even if it's in a way that he won't be able to answer. So I think she's writing everything down about what happened. When Ziva gets up, Ivy would be like, breakfast time. Okay. I think a good breakfast is an important start to a great day.
0: Ziva, as you wake up and you are starting to get yourself ready, when you look in the mirror, you see on your forehead what looks like a dark blue, almost navy blue spot right in where your third eye would be.
1: Oh, looks like I got some paint. It, it, uh, it's not coming off. Uh, Bia's Bia's scales don't aren't like painted, right? Like, let me go wash my Face. Why would be as? N- I just don't know where else paint would
4: come from. That doesn't. They, let me look at it. Um, and Ivy turns around and looks at it, and she like takes a finger with her nail and like starts to scratch at it a bit. Uh,
0: ow! You realize that it kind of just yeah. As you're trying to scratch at it, you are very familiar with the feeling of a dragon scale because you've got a little pseudo dragon, and so when you're pulling at it, and it's almost like going against the grain on a reptile on their scales. And you know that it's gonna be uncomfortable for Ziva. And you recognize this as being a dark blue dragon scale that is now embedded into the skin of her forehead. That's not coming off. It's, I
4: mean, what is it? It looks like a dragon scale, Um, but now it's like part of you, like you grew this. Wait, is being a pseudo dragon contagious? No, why would that be (laughs) contagious? Wouldn't I also be a pseudo-dragon? I have no idea! No, I I think it, it might have something to do with last night. The coloration does remind me
1: of Nishadi. Oh, it's a muck. They kissed me right here. Well, now you've
0: got a cool little muck. So as you're starting to realize this, you guys will start moving downstairs. Um, and I'm assuming you'll set up shop in your regular table. And as you sit down... You see Driston downstairs and he kind of looks at you guys and doesn't look at you with that same level of, you know, like, ooh, the people, the, they're here. Oh, my gosh. He looks a little. You stood him up. <laughs> he looks a little perturbed, a little bit frustrated, and he doesn't immediately come over. Varys.
3: He'll be outside, probably doing some calisthenics, probably around back, like he usually does hiding away.
0: When you come inside, do you do anything other than sit down? Yeah,
3: I think he's going to try to play off like it's a regular morning and just kind of walk by and put a hand on Justin's head like, good morning. He looks up at you and he just goes morning. He stops mid step Hope you had a great night.
0: Yeah. The stars were really pretty. But I get it. You wanted to be with your friends and I'm not that. So.
3: (laughs) Justin, you are more of a friend to me than they ever were. So and he stops and turns around and looks at him. He's like, do you have a moment?
0: I had all night,
3: so sure, why not? Yep. Uh, I deserve that. Oh boy, it's hurt. <laughs> yeah. He'll, uh, walk out. I think. All I'm thinking of is that Varys literally got mad at Ziva for this exact fucking reason. When, But, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna do the damage control. Um, so he's gonna go oh. into the kitchen, I think, with Tristan, for a moment. Tristan, I'm very sorry. I... A lot happened last night. And I don't even know if you'd believe me if I told you, to be honest. So... And you're right to be mad. Please don't... Don't let me... I'm not trying to say that you're not entitled to your emotions. That's not...
0: You... One of you guys could have sent word or something. I was in a pretty populous place. There was a lot of people. You could have told somebody that hey you see a little halfling dude just let him know that we we can't make it rather than letting me sit there holding spots for you guys when you never showed up
3: I'm so sorry I
0: think I'm just a little hurt right now I think I just need some time to to deal with it yeah of course you take all the time you
3: need and you know
0: It. I just I don't have many friends around here a lot of people don't want to be my friend for some reason and I thought I thought that you guys were all gonna be my friends and then you didn't talk with me the when I needed to hear
3: <laughs> I needed
0: the communication
3: sorry um you're right that's not that wasn't okay we shouldn't we should have communicated with you
0: It's sorry right. um you can go you can go sit down with them if you want and I'll bring some food out
3: he gets up and then he has back inside um, to the table.
0: Tristan gets together kind of, it's not nearly as extravagant a spread. Everything's kind of like bare minimum in terms of effort at this moment where he's just like, I just want to get give you guys the food and leave. So he, he comes out with this tray, brings it over the table, sees Ivy and Ziva sitting there with Varys and he just goes, morning. And he puts down the tray and walks away and doesn't
1: can I get a sense of what Dristan is feeling? You can do an insight check. It is a 21.
0: You know that he's hurt. Like, he's not making eye contact with any of you guys. Normally, even just the few times that you've seen him, normally he kind of hangs around a bit and tries really hard to be part of the conversation. Um, and most times has to be kind of dragged away. You can get a very strong feeling that he's he's feeling really hurt. He doesn't look just tired. He looks a little bit defeated on the inside. Tristan. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're upset. He kind of like shakes his head, he like kind of gets caught a little bit of back and kind of blinks a few times and goes, yeah, yeah, I am, Um, yeah. Did
1: something happen?
3: Yeah, so I think uh, Varus is going to promptly stand up and head up the stairs. Uh, fist clenched at his side, I think that he recognizes that he's about to go into a rage and he needs to leave.
1: But is it, is everything okay? Nothing attacked you, right? No,
0: nothing attacked me. Okay, no, I'm, I'm fine. You know what? Just, it, I'm fine. Enjoy your breakfast. And he just, like, walks away. Okay, well, at least nothing attacked him. We're gonna cut upstairs. Varys, where did you go?
3: Um, so he just promptly climbs the stairs, heads to his room. Close the door gently and guides himself through a bit of breathing before he loses his cool. He's never, he hasn't had a friend like Driston in a long time. And I think that going to this scenario that he really wanted to avoid and realizing that Ziva doesn't even remember it really makes him mad. So he has to breathe.
0: Alara, are you going to come downstairs? No. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Okay,
2: Alara is awake. Alar is setting up her experiments and getting things prepared for all of her plans that she has over the next couple of days. She's going to send Norman downstairs with a um, with just like a flat, just a flat rock atop of his head. (laughs) And because he's kind of like mechanized and he's got like spaces and he didn't turn out like a real spider bat. She's going to put two gold pieces into like one of they're like slots, I guess, Um, that will be like held so that they don't go anywhere. And Norman is going to go downstairs and find Shima.
1: Okay. I think Ziva is going to see Norman and kind of scoop him up and be like, Alara oh, introduced him to us yesterday, right? This is Norman. Norman, what do you got there? <laughs> do you pick up the rock or the money? The, uh, yeah, I was looking at the rock. So if are you going to do you touch the
2: rock? Yes. Okay, so as soon as you touch as soon as you touch the rock, um, you hear my voice uh, come out of the rock and it says it says, Hey, uh, Shima, can you please take this two gold and send up a desk and a chair to my room?
4: Alara, it's Alara. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ivy's just sitting there with her like hand on her cheek and she goes, Do you pick up every weird thing that you see? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, do I
0: see Shima? Yeah, you see Shima. She's kind of cleaning off some of the other tables, um, doing some other things, just keeping busy. Uh,
1: Shima, um, I accidentally intercepted. Um, don't be afraid. Um, Norman's a friend. It's uh, Norman is is a friend of Alara. You know, with the the green coat that explodes sometimes. Also, do you know what's going on with Driston?
0: Driston? What's what what's wrong with what's wrong with Driston? I, I mean I barely spoke to the boy.
1: I don't know. He seems Also,
0: this thing looks bizarre. Um, what exactly is it was it sent down here for?
1: I believe these two gold are uh Lara is requesting a desk and a chair. Oh got, yeah, I'll get I'll get Varys to do it in provided. just a second.
0: Uh um, Okay.
1: No problems, no problems. Norman, did you need anything else?
2: They just, they just like stare. Are you holding them or are you? Okay, so they're just there. As soon as you like loosen your grip though, uh, he will scuttle back to my room.
0: I'll put him back down. Okay. He scuttles off and Shima goes off, not seeing Varys right off the bat because you left. And she actually is just like, ah, whatever. And she runs out back, grabs a, in the next couple of minutes, you see her run back and forth twice, grabbing a desk and a chair, and she leaves it outside of uh, Alara's door. She, like, knocks on the door, but just leaves it there.
1: Thank you. Ivy, what do we, what do we, why do you think Tristan's upset? He
4: said he wasn't attacked. We stood him up. We stood him up. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was actually you who said we were going to meet him for the stars. And then we all oh, almost yeah. died. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Why don't you go see what Ilara is doing? And I am going to damage control. I well, need. damage control. <laughs> well, no, which is I, my fucking forte. If, um. <laughs> if
1: I promised. Something to him and and I failed
4: to deliver. Honey, I I mean this in the most loving way. Please go see what Alara is doing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And she gives um, Ziva a quick like side hug and um, goes down into the kitchen with Bia on her shoulder. You you walk into the kitchen and you
0: see that Dristan's basically just hyper focused on cleaning plates and everything right now. He doesn't even acknowledge you walking in. He's kind of muttering to himself where he's just like acting, acting like you don't even know. I mean, just there's so many people. They could have just sent word.
4: Ivy knocks on like a nearby wall or something.
0: Yeah, Shima, I, I got it. I got it. I'll I'll clean up the tables in a
4: minute. I'm just washing dishes. He doesn't no, even look at you. No, um, actually it it's Ivy and Bia. Hi. Do you need more bacon? No, actually, um, I wanted to know if we could have a chat. Sure. What's up? Ivy hesitates for a moment and then goes and wipes off part of the counter and sits on it, um, and she, like, holds onto the edges and swings her feet a bit. She goes, so I wanted to, um, Sorry, I'm really, really bad at this. First off, I'm sorry for what happened last night. You don't deserve to be treated like that, specifically by people who really do care about you. And I know actions aside from last night, that doesn't prove anything. Um, And my word means fuck all. But we do really care about you. And I wanted to... Attempt to explain what happened last night, and that is not to persuade how you are feeling. That is just to put a backstory behind what happened. Is that all right? And you couldn't have done this last night when you guys got back. No. I was still up. I know. I'm. I promise you, no. <laughs> so I, last, I would have come out and
0: confront and talked with you guys, but I just I heard you all come in
4: and I just I couldn't couldn't leave my room. When couldn't do it. We got in last night. We thought that the previous hours, we would not be walking home. What do you mean? Last night... So, I guess, let me back up a little bit. You know how we went into the mines, correct? You have your your cool pickaxe? Yeah, that's where where Varys got me my pickaxe. Yeah, I hope he teaches me how to use it better. Not good at it. I can show you how to use one. But there is a reason why we did that. And... To make things brief, that action led to what happened last night. And I would much rather have been seeing the stars with you than fighting for my life in some weird place. But you know, um, like I said, I'm really sorry. this, This is coming off as disingenuous, I feel like, but it's really not. I really thought we were going to lose Ziva. And she starts to tear up a little bit and she goes, and I can't do that. I can't lose people I care about because I have so few people in my life that I care about. Is that why Ziva asked
0: if I had been attacked?
4: Yes. And that is also why Ziva forgot about what we were supposed to be doing with you. Okay. I can't tell you everything. And for that, I am sorry again but just know that there is nowhere else any of us would have rather been than with you.
0: Okay. I mean, I appreciate you explaining it to me. I thought that we all had a very nice moment with the iced tea yesterday. We did. So I just, it, it just hurt.
1: Being I understand. stood up
0: like that, but I, I understand if if something happened where you guys were actually fighting like real adventurers, like,
4: that's gotta be so scary. It was. It was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my entire life, and I've done some weird shit. Okay.
0: I, mean, I think it's going to take me a little bit of time to kind of reconcile everything and just feel better, but I appreciate you telling me that.
4: Yeah, I'm not asking you to flip a switch. I'm just telling you that we care about you. Varus would literally kill anybody for you. Literally kill anybody for you. So I don't- if, if you're going to place any blame on somebody, I would rather it be completely squarely on me than on Varys. Just if you need somebody to project it on. I can take it. I have thick skin. I've dealt with it my entire life.
0: I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I know you will. Ziva, where did you go? You went to go check on Alara? What's going on? Alara?
2: I'll open the door. I'll, you know, kind of have my eye, my face down because I know the desk is there and then I'll look up at you. Oh, hi. Um, and I'll like wipe my my eyes because I've clearly been crying. Do you uh, I need help moving this in? Um, I, I guess so. If you want to help, just maybe we can just push it in this corner um, over here. OK. And I'll point.
1: And Ziva just picks up the desk <laughs> and moves <laughs> it in there.
2: Oh, um, right over there. Thank you so much. How are you? Do you need a hug? Um, I think so, but- You look like you need a hug. No, I know, and I'm going to put my hand out, and I think I'm going to back away from you. I'm pretty sure that if you hug me, then I have to hug you back, and then I will probably start crying again, and I don't really want to start crying anymore again. What's on your forehead?
1: Oh, uh, last night, you know, I kind of got knocked out for a minute. Yeah, I I saw and like i had a conversation with a god and i guess they left me this to remember them by they also gave me but we'll do that later
2: um i think Alara will
1: smile and kind of like wipe her eye again it looks really nice on you thank you so i think if ziva let's just assume that she is successful on an insight check if she feels that alara would it would be better for Alara to be alone right now. She will kind of gracefully take her leave and probably collect downstairs whatever is vegetarian out of the breakfast that Tristan brought out and and take that upstairs and leave that by Alara's door before going towards the the troop. Awesome. That's very sweet. Thank you. Alara, is
0: there anything that you need to get done today? Is there anything that you're looking for for your projects that you need to do? I will definitely be sending Norman out to scout out
2: specifically a pearl that I think is worth like
0: 100 gold pieces if I am... Yes, you are correct. I will say where you are right now, you would be anticipating finding freshwater pearls, but you're looking for a sizable one. Okay. Okay. Just based off of your intelligence already in reading, you would know that the lake in Dragon's Nest should have freshwater pearls. Whether or not they work for you is another story, but you know that that's a place for you to start.
2: Yeah. So I guess I would program Norman to go scout out and let me know whether or not there were pearls in the water um, that were of the correct size. And if they were, I would go from there.
0: Okay. So Norman's actually going to be gone for probably another day scouting things out. He needs to kind of search around quite a bit because he can't swim. He cannot. So he has to scout around the edges and kind of do some other stuff to try and figure out what might be in the deeps of the lake. So during that time, what is Alara going to be doing? Is she leaving her room at all or is she staying put? She's staying in her room. Okay. Uh, what is Varys doing for the rest of this day?
3: Uh, well, after he collects himself from, uh, Almost raging at the breakfast table, Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think that he's going to. God, I think he's just going to sit down by himself and study for the day because he's got some things he's got to work on. Right? So, yeah, I think that's what he's going to do.
0: Okay. And then Ivy, you're still downstairs. You during all this stuff. At one point, you you do see Norman wandering out of the tavern. You watch. You see this little little robotic spidery thing with a big. Amber fitted into its head, just kind of scuttle around and then swoop out the
4: door. Bia, as soon as Norman comes down the stairs and Bia clocks Norman, she's going to launch off Ivy's shoulder and circle around Norman and just kind of like follow his path while circling as she's like just she's just looking at Norman chirping. Is Bia following Norman? She's not going to follow Norman out the tavern, but... I think she's also waiting for Norman to acknowledge her. Norman does not acknowledge her. <laughs> no, Norman doesn't. No, Norman can't acknowledge her. So Bea is kind of following Norman through the tavern
0: and she stops before Norman leaves the tavern. Would Ivy be interested in following Norman
4: whatsoever? or is she, What is she going to do next? She is going to go out and I think pick up her plate of food and bring it upstairs into her room. I think that conversation really drained her. Yeah. emotionally. So Bia is going to follow after the smell of bacon. <laughs> okay. Ziva, you're heading
0: to the troop? Yes. Make a perception check for me as you're walking. it is a 17. So you know that on the schedule, the troop was supposed to stay here another two days. But as you're walking, you're noticing that you can't see the tips of the tents. They're not up. I will um, start walking faster. You start walking faster. It it's about like eight or nine o'clock in the morning. You guys took a bit of a sleep in this morning because of the trauma of the day before. As you're approaching, you notice you notice from a distance that the tips you couldn't see the tips of the tents anymore. And then as you're getting closer, you're seeing you can't see the the trailers. You can't see the different little tent littler tents that would have been closer by to where you were. As you approach the clearing where the main tent where you primarily performed would be. You see a very familiar chest sitting in the field with nothing else around it. The entire area is empty. That's
1: fucked up. Nobody else is there. You don't see anyone else. Do I see like the indentations where everything was? Yes. You see some kind of
0: wheel marks in the ground from the caravan that would have come up and down the mountain with all of your guys'
1: stuff, but you don't see anyone. She'll... Maybe everybody went invisible, so she will go feel where she thinks things are supposed to be to check if they're there and just invisible. You can't feel anything. You walk towards where
0: you would expect, like, Manorix' trailer to be, and you walk over towards Zelmedeer's, where Zelmadir's trailer would be, and as you try to try to brace yourself for hitting a wall, your hand just moves through the air with no resistance, and there's nothing... Where you, nothing there
1: that you, in places that you would expect it to be, if they were invisible. Uh, she'll go to the chest. Her heart is sinking. She thinks she knows what happened, but. You go to the chest, and on top of the chest, you see a,
0: an envelope with your name written on it. And you recognize the handwriting as Bettina's. Uh, Zeo will open it. You open up the letter, and it says, Siva, I don't really know what's going on, and I wish I could talk to you before we leave, but I still can't really walk on my own, and I don't know where you went. Zelmadir said that you wanted to leave after the accident, that you were afraid it would happen again. What does that mean? Manarik told me he thought it was weird that your bed didn't catch on fire, but that's just a coincidence, right? Why didn't you ask me to stay with you when you visited me? I know I'm injured, but I'm, I'll still be able to perform once I get better. Why couldn't I stay with you? I convinced Elmedir to gather up your stuff for you instead of taking it with us. I would have tried to get it to you, but no one knew exactly where you went, and I hope you come back for this at least. I'll miss you, Ziva. I hope we cross paths again soon. Bettina.
1: Um, Rude! <sighs> uh-huh? Maybe... Maybe Ziva gave them the wrong idea, but... If she gave them the wrong idea, why would they leave early? She goes to the the imprints of the carts leading away. Can she tell how long ago they left? Why don't you make a survival check for me?
0: That's a 10. You don't know. You don't look at tracks enough to really know whether or not that's... That this would have been recent, like within the past hour, or if it would have been in the middle of
1: the night that this happened. Maybe, maybe they just misunderstood and, and she'll take off running after. You start running towards where you guys came up the mountain
0: just about four days before, and you get to the trailhead and you look down as far as you can. There's some trees in the way and some twists and turns in the pathway, but you can't see anybody. You also can't quite hear anyone. So if they're down there, it's out of earshot and out of eyesight.
1: She'll return back to the chest and reread the letter as she sits next to it. And she starts remembering a lot of different people who have left before. She'll remember Theophania and Rodell, and she'll remember Wei Song. She'll remember Mina. She'll even think of her mother And then she'll remember the core four and the last day she saw them and she'll realize that every person who was supposed to care about her has left her and she'll start crying.
0: Okay. I'm not gonna have you roll for this. I I think Ziva would automatically fail this wisdom save. As you start to cry, as you start pulling your knees in towards your chest, you open your eyes and see that radiating out from you The once bright green grass that you were sitting on, that small patch of grass, starts to wither and crumble, reverting back to the dark, black, sooty rock beneath. And you don't notice it quite just yet, but as your tears continue to fall and hit the ground one at a time small wildflowers
1: start to bloom. She at first kind of starts pulling her chest towards the town, but she doesn't really know if she deserves to sleep in Ivy's room, or even if she were to go back to the others, if they'll just leave her like everyone else. And so she changes her mind and she starts pulling her chest to a kind of outcropping near the water that she thinks might be a safe place to camp for the night. And then she kind of sits against the little outcropping, curled up, holding on to the letter and looking off past the water.
0: All right, we're going to swing back to the Mountain Peak pub. Varys has been studying in his room all day. Alara, you've been in your room tinkering away. Ivy, it is evening now, and you are
4: realizing that you have not seen Ziva for most of the day. I think how this is going to work for Ivy is she is going to kind of come out of whatever disassociation she's kind of slipped into and realize it's starting to get dark out and she hasn't seen ziva and so she's gonna get up stretch a bit and then walk out and first she's gonna knock on alara's door because i'm pretty sure alara's room is gonna be closer to where she is
2: that's how i've been imagining it
4: me too so she's she's gonna knock on alara's door does does alara
2: yeah i'll kind of like poke my face out of the door and I will have my goggles like sideways atop my head, and I look, started to look disheveled a little. She goes, "You, you good? Yeah, um, I, I'm fine. Hi, sorry, I haven't been out. Um, lots of s- is is Eva still with you? No, um, is she not with you? I haven't
4: seen her since she she left here um this morning. No, I haven't seen her since I told her to go see you. Well, she came
2: and saw me. Did, Did she, she say she? No. She,
4: oh.
2: Oh. Um, she, okay. Yeah, Ivy starts walking downstairs. <laughs> so real quick, the door's gonna close. You'll hear some noise um, and I'll come out and I'll have my jacket on I and I, I, I'll i I'll have my jacket on um, and I'll be kind of running, I think, towards Ivy
4: as she's walking down the hallway. She's at a brisk pace right now. Um, do we know where Varys' room even is? Lara yeah. does. Alara okay. knows where it is. So Ivy's gonna run downstairs. When she sees Ziva's not there, she's going to run back upstairs and like frantically knock on Varys's door. Okay, um, pulls it open.
3: Same fashion as with uh, when Alara knocked the first time. There's a dagger in his hand. What, what's going on? Is Ziva with you? Nope. And he twists it and puts it in a sheath on his hip. No, she's not. Have you s-
4: seen her at all today?
3: Not since this morning.
4: And Ivy's going to run back downstairs, um, and she's going to run into the kitchen. What's going on? I'll just kind of be like,
2: come on, Varys, we're running again. Bring your scythe, and I'll follow after Ivy.
3: Okay, so he quickly grabs his coat, swings it over his shoulders, grabs his sword, and heads out after. her.
4: Um, and Ivy's going to run into the kitchen and ask Tristan the same thing. Have you seen Ziva?
0: Tristan is kind of cleaning up. Around. He's got the He's mopping the floors in the kitchen right now, so when you barge in, he goes, watch out, watch out, watch out! And you ask when you ask him, um, he looks at you and just goes, "I saw Ziva this morning, but I haven't seen her since you know you and I talked." I was just gonna say I think Alar is
2: already
4: outside, um, just kind of looking around. Ivy's gonna s- stand there for a second, thinking, and then she's going to, without saying another word, run back outside. Where, well, um, bye then. Okay. <laughs> where Alara and Varus probably are at this point now. Yeah. And she's just going to start without saying anything hauling ass towards where the circus campment is.
0: Bia is in the same mindset of like full sprint, but she is flying about 50, 50 feet above you, keep matching your pace. And you can see using that kind of connection that you and Bia have. She is sending you pictures of an empty field, an empty open space. You know that she's looking at where the troop should be and they're not there. It's still the Falling Star Festival and it's like right at the height of it still. So you've got a lot of people outside. You see a, you're trying to weave through a bunch of families, a large groups of people trying to find places to camp out and watch the stars.
3: Nah, uh Varys is gonna take to the rooftops. You're
0: gonna run along the rooftops? Yep, that's what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) If you're serious, I need you to make acrobatic rolls. Okay, you're
4: serious. As Ivy is weaving through from her fingertips and her feet, you guys start to see that navy mist, but it's pulsing. It's not completely going up and down. It's like a conscious effort right now to not shift. Mm. Ooh, that's
0: very interesting you see as you continue approaching through Bia's eyes you can see that she's focusing on this part of the of the open area that's a little bit closer to where the lake is it's not at the lake but you can start to see the lake through Bia's eyes is Varys running along the rooftops
3: I told you he was doing it alright
0: so what was your acrobatics throw to get up there first off 23 okay so you get up there now give me another one to make sure you don't fall as you're like jumping across buildings. You said acrobatics? Yes. The Ziva thing. 21. Okay, 21. You don't fall flat on your face. You manage to kind of jump rooftop to rooftop, avoiding the crowd going across the rooftops and you get to the end of where all the buildings are right before the clearing. And you're able to kind of shimmy down the side of this building. Are you waiting for the rest to, to catch up with you? or are you just going to keep going?
3: Uh, I'm going to hang back, but kind of look around.
0: I want you to make a perception check.
4: I was just going to say, I would think Bia would be keeping pace with Varys at this point, so it would be Bia and Varys together.
0: Yeah, so as you kind of come down, Bia kind of sits on your shoulder and, like, bops you on the... Like, headbutts you a little bit, just to be like, hey, what's going on? Uh, It's 18. So with an 18, you kind of in the distance, heading, sloping downward into the bottom of the crater almost, you do see sitting along one of the upsplashed portions of the crater, you know, the bits where the molten lava solidified moving upwards in that splash pattern. You see Ziva kind of setting up what looks like a little bit of a bed. Oh you know, God. she pulled out a blanket from her trunk and she's so, like trying to put it in a place where she can use this splash of pattern as like a bit of makeshift shelter um but you can see where she is it's like almost winter right no it is like early fall
3: it's fall okay
0: but it's probably getting colder at night now but it is the top of a mountain so it is fairly chilly at this point of the evening
3: yeah he's he's gonna go over tell looks up a b and points to where ziva is and then heads over not wanting to scare ziva makes a lot of noise as he heads over because how terrifying would that be? He uh, heads right over to her and he's like, What in Mythis are you doing? It's almost full. You'll freeze.
1: I'm gonna light a fire. I've I've lit one before, so I'm pretty sure that I can do it.
3: Safe, are you crying? <laughs> and he comes over to her. What happened?
1: Well, they left. They left. They all. Everybody leaves. And, and they all left. And. So it's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here and and then, I mean, I won't stay here forever. obviously, we'll get cold.
3: Does you need someone to stay are you don't you have a room with Ivy? or we could get but, you your own room
1: i I don't need more people who are gonna leave
3: so even not not everybody's going to leave. I'm so sorry. That happened to you, but not everyone that you meet in your life is going to leave you.
1: I don't know. Everybody has so far.
3: Yeah, is, Z- is Ziva sitting on something or is she standing?
1: I think she she's still kind of like putting together her bed. I think when Alara gets there, I don't think Alara is going
2: to say anything, but I do think she's she's going to take her jacket and like drape it around Ziva's shoulders and kind of just take a step back and realize that like, Carnival's gone. Ziva here. Carnival not.
4: Yeah, Ivy's gonna kind of run up to her and start looking her over, just to make sure she's okay. She's not even registering right now (laughs) that there's like, we just ran through an empty field and we shouldn't be able to do that. And she's gonna go, Are you okay?
1: Yeah, no, nothing else attacked me, I think... I think my mom's the only person who wanted to kill me, but everybody else just leaves.
4: She um she holds Ziva like in her arms and she goes I'm so sorry.
1: I mean I don't know, I could I can deal with I mean I don't really consider my mom so that's that's totally fine but my my moms and dads they're they left me too so And Mina wouldn't keep me, and Angmar wanted to send me away, and and other people they just kind of leave. It makes sense that these guys would leave too.
4: Ivy doesn't really know what to say, as I think probably everybody else doesn't know what to say.
0: Ziva, as you're standing there, unsure of what to say, what to do, where to go, who to trust you feel this really immense weight pulling you down and it forces you to sit down. It forces you down onto the ground. You can't be quite sure exactly if it's just your legs giving out or this the immense psychological toll of the past few days just finally hitting you. Alara, you look at it and see all of your pockets are suddenly overflowing oh, no, with a bunch oh, no, of rocks no, no, and no, no, stones no. as your pockets of holding fail yet again. <laughs>
3: Vera smacks a hand over his mouth and turns
4: away and snorts. Ivy starts trying to get the coat off her. Just like just um thin mouth of thin line, trying so hard not to laugh. And Bia is like chirping up above them. So it's just this spectacle. And I think finally after we get the coat off, Ivy sits next to her and just goes, I mean, I mean and starts laughing. And
0: Ziva, you feel as your friends are trying to help you. you feel this immense weight that was pulling you down, pulling you deeper, finally gets alleviated off your shoulders.
1: And I think she's still sobbing because she thinks that she 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 broke she thinks that she broke the coat. She completely forgot that it had broken before. So she
4: thinks that her magic broke the coat. I think after a moment, Ivy um, puts her arm around her shoulder. She goes, would it help if you and I tried to see if we can start to control what you do? I mean, do you think we can fix Alara's coal? Oh, <laughs> honey. I didn't mean to break it. It's, it. You didn't break it. It
2: wasn't You didn't new. break it. This thing has been breaking for years, and I just never took the time to fix it. It's not your fault. None of this is your fault. It's going to be okay.
1: Are you sure? Because the, the trailer was my fault and the sheep was my fault? And the weird slithering monster was my fault?
4: Technically, none of that was actually your fault. The night you
2: met me, my pockets exploded and you had nothing to do with it. This is my own doing. I'm just sorry it happened to you and not me. But it's very cold you out. You have
1: a lot of stuff in these cold pockets. I
2: do, yes. I know. <laughs>
1: It's really heavy. There's a lot of stuff. Why do you have so many rocks?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This gigantic chest of preserving has also, like, popped out of the coat at one point. Like, just kind of, like, popped out of the coach. And it's a solid, like, one foot by two feet chest that you couldn't have seen otherwise. And it just, like pops out and lands on the ground.
3: Fucking Barris has his fist like punched into his face to try to stop himself laughing, but he's visibly shaking. (laughs)
1: It's
3: like, fuck me, stop it.
1: And why do you have a halfling-sized box? What do you (laughs) keep in there?
2: (laughs) I swear there's not a halfling in there. And I think I'm just gonna get down and start I'll like spread the jacket out so that I can start to put the stuff on
0: top of the jacket. Drista never goes missing. We know where I mean, we know where to look. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'll just look at Ziva. Or I, mean, I think I'll look at Ivy, honestly. And I'll be like, I think that we should get her inside and warm. And maybe get some dinner or something.
4: I second that wholeheartedly.
2: What about you, Varus?
4: <laughs> Still laughing.
3: <laughs> Literally holding his stomach and like is like bent over laughing. <laughs> he can't stop. I love that. The ridiculousness of all of this. He can't.
2: I'll take that as yes to getting back to the end. <laughs> and I'll keep putting putting all of my stuff. Um, in my jacket,
3: <laughs> he'll uh, try to calm down and help clean up everything that Ziva started to set up.
4: <laughs> Ivy gets Ziva up on her feet.
3: Okay, so
0: as you all start to head back to the inn. Alara is slowly trying to gather up all of her stuff and carry way too many things in her hands.
1: Would anybody help her carry her stuff? Uh, yes. I think we'll we'll put it all, we can put it all in the chest and we can just carry the chest. I'm sorry, in the what? In the chest of preserving? No, you can't. <laughs> no, no, in my chest.
3: <laughs> oh, Varys can carry the chest of preserving. Okay. He'll carry whatever he needs to.
0: Varys will carry the chest of preserving. And you'll put everything else into Ziva's trunk, which she can
3: levitate. Oh, hey!
1: It'll be it'll be another one of those things where she'll be like, and she'll just be concentrating, and she'll be like, "I wish this was lighter," and it's just like all of a sudden it's levitating.
3: Varys just raises an eyebrow at her. So
0: you all go back to the inn as you're all ascending the staircase to go upstairs. Varys, you hear in the back of your mind. A familiar voice. In the back of your mind? Help. (laughs) (laughs) It's your turn. You hear in the back of your mind a very familiar voice. A voice that you haven't heard in a while. And one that shoots both anxiety and happiness through you at the same time. This moment of like, why the fuck are you talking to me? But also, oh, you're talking to me. And you just hear, Winnie, you don't need to say anything else, just yes or no. Are you still alive? If he would like to respond,
3: he may. Can I do an arcana check real quick to see if he recognizes the signature?
0: Yeah.
3: God, I'm panicking. 23?
0: Yeah, you you recognize the signature. You know who this is.
3: Knew it. Okay. Okay, well, I'm sorry in advance then. Oh no. So yeah, he'll just go quickly drop off the chest that he has, that's of Alara's, and uh, head off to bed. Without saying a word, just kind of gives a salute, half smile, and goes to his room and shuts the door.
1: I think I make Ferris mad. Alara just looks at
2: Ivy and goes, um, night." Ivy gives a two-finger
3: salute. Two tacos, great.
0: So Ferris is in his room, he shuts the door. Yeah,
3: as soon as the door is shut. He takes a moment to take a deep breath and listen outside the door. Anybody, he, does he hear anyone near it?
0: Uh, do a perception check.
3: You never know with these, this crew. Oh, that's a 12. Ivy and Ziva, are you? Are either
0: of you guys trying to stand outside the doors? Are you listening around? Or are you guys going to your bedroom?
4: Go to bed. There's no reason for... Ziva
1: is a, 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 a sobby, sobby little mess still. All right. Uh, yeah, with a 12, you realize that no
0: one's there. There's no one listening at your door. You don't hear anybody nearby that could be listening in.
3: Awesome. Uh, He bolts to the window and shuts that and bolts it. Senor
0: Paranoia.
3: He's so bad. It's real bad. Uh, Checks underneath his bed for any sending stones. He does not find any. Doesn't find any. Okay. So he's going to sit there and take a deep breath. And he says, um, yes, I left new mosque. Don't trust any of him. And don't trust the disciples of justice. I hope you're safe. Please, stay safe, Puff. And then he just kind of leans his head against the wall very with his eyes closed very quietly, trying to stop his racing heart. <laughs> you don't hear
0: any response for that night?
3: I think before he goes to bed, if he doesn't hear a response back, that's okay. He's going to... Fuck. Yeah, he's going to do it. Um so he takes a da- the dagger out from his hip and he cuts his hand open and it's it's he watches the blood well in his hand and it turns to after a moment it turns to a red mist. And he weaves his hands in such a way that he's very familiar with very well practiced and up to his ear the s- red smoke forms the same as a wire would and he casts sending and um he says third level magic I'm proud of you and that's it you'll go to bed
0: as you're falling asleep you do get a brief response you hear that same familiar voice go I had a feeling and yeah You know, I always learned from the best.
3: Uh, He just drapes an arm over his face to hide uh, the slight tears that are forming, just a small smile, and he'll go to bed.
4: (laughs) Okay, really quick. Fuck, that was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That description was so fucking cool.
0: You all go to sleep, and we're going to fast forward a few days. During this time, you can tell me kind of the general gist of what your character would be doing. So let's start with Alara. During this time, I will say that uh, Norman will have come back with the information. There are pearls. There are freshwater pearls in the lake. For the next couple
2: of days, Alara does not come out of her room. You only see Norman coming down for um, chocolate chip pancakes, like (laughs) a little request for the pancakes to be put atop their head. First, it's a little weird, maybe for Driston, but I think it
0: becomes normal after a few days. Chocolate chip pancakes are not the most commonly ever requested item. They don't have a ton of chocolate <laughs> chips in this inn. So you, over okay. the course of a few days, end up running them out of chocolate chips. Okay. Banana pancakes are
2: fine. Blueberry pancakes. Okay. So at night, Alara has been reading very, very closely the journal that she stole from the Nishadi Temple. So I would like to read that from cover to cover in depth.
0: You're reading this journal and it's almost as though it's written from the perspective of somebody who is seeing all this stuff for the first time and not like they lived through the development of it. It's not from the eyes of somebody who, like you, Alara, would be like, so-and-so is working on this new project and then down the road you're experiencing the new project for the first time. This is, oh my gosh, that's brand new. I've never heard or seen something like this before. That's what you're getting from this. It's very much similar to the, the perspective that Ivy seems to have when it comes to certain aspects of Aurea and of Mintis overall. So that's kind of the information right off the bat that you glean from it. And as that comes up more, I will tell you more about it. With your project, what would you like to do with your project?
2: So I think that I've been working on the the runes carving into the gem for quite some time at this point. So I think I probably finish
0: them. Roll sleight of hand with advantage.
2: That's fucking beautiful. Um, sorry, that's
0: a 25 total. Beautiful, you carve these runes into this jade stone perfectly. You know, you look at it and you're like, if Rohis were to see this, they would be impressed. And that's saying something for Rohis. Amazing. So I will
2: unlock the chest of preserving. Um, and out of it will come a another a mechanized creature, just the exoskeleton of a four-legged thing. And I'm going to lay it on its side. I think I'm probably in front of the window. I would like to imagine like the moons that I could like have like some moonlight view of, of, of the moons and things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold the gem up. I'm going to inspect it again, very carefully. Make sure, you know, all of the runes are where they're supposed to be. I'm going to kiss it for good luck. And then I'm going to put it into the, uh, the space, which is kind of like a little, I guess, like a little cage where this thing's heart would be.
0: And when I close it. As you close it in there, you see some sparks of almost like electricity, but it's more like arcane electricity coursing out from this jade in the center of its chest almost like a heartbeat. You know, it's coursing out from there. And you've got this exoskeleton that it's slowly starting to it looks like it's starting to grow fur almost. It's starting to get this deep white rich coat. And as it finishes powering up, you see the ears. The ears are standing up and Mm -hmm. they look like real ears. They don't look like they're metal The eyes fill in and light up with this. When you look at it, you're like, I know that you're not real, but damn, that looks real. And you see this adorable white fluffy dog (laughs) as it blinks at you and kind of comes to life. And it gives a little yip and then starts kind of coming right up to you. I think I'll just, I'll hug her so tight and I think I'll start crying. Oh, I'm so happy. She licks you. She licks you on the cheek. It's kind of a weird feeling because there's no saliva. It's just kind of like a a metallic tongue. You know that the sentiment is there. And with your excitement, you getting really like amped up. You're on the ground with her, and she kind of forces you to lay down a little bit more so she can like curl up, trying to keep you calm, despite the fact that this isn't like angry or sad or scared panic. It's like excitement and elation. There's a lot of energy here. Got to help. (gasps) Got to help. Okay. Amazing.
2: Oh my gosh. And I think I'll just hug her so tightly and I'll be very happy.
0: She does that thing that dogs do when they're like comfortable and just like exhales really heavily and like just head down on your chest and just like looking at you. Amazing. Okay.
2: And I think I'll actually sleep that night.
0: All right. So what is, uh, what is Ziva doing in these next couple days and to like week, days to week? Ziva is.
1: really down. She, I think she promises Ivy that she will come back every night. I think that there's one night where, or one day where she literally rolls under the bed and just stays there for the entire day before rolling back out and sleeping on the bed like a normal person at night. During that day, I can almost guarantee you Bia probably, like, snuck her way under there to, like, check in on you once or twice. I think one day she probably tearfully gives Driston a hug and apologizes for standing him up without explaining why they did. Driston sees how he's not
0: oblivious to the fact that you're going through something, and so when you hug him, he... Hugs you back really tightly and just goes, it's, a, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not mad.
1: I think there is one day where she wanders to the temple of Nishadi to see if it's. And like, what does she see in the. You walk up to the temple. At what time of day would you say you go? Like mid morning. When I've come in here, I'm wearing a cloak that's hiding my forehead. Okay.
0: You walk up to the temple. You see that it's at like, it's got the little panels up covering the skylights, protecting the inside from the the sun's heat. And you walk inside and as you're looking around, you see that the worship space that about a week ago, when you were last in here, Before the fight, you saw it was all fairly orderly. Like it was not like the cleanest place on the planet. It was still pretty disorganized, but it at least looked purposeful. And now you're looking at things and the flooring, which is this sort of cobblestone flooring all throughout the worship space is not flat anymore. It is rippled up as if there were bubbles of energy that radiated out all throughout the space. And the floor just never recovered. It just is, it looks like an earthquake hit just that section of the floor, essentially. It just looks uneven and the rocks are raised. Some are falling down. It looks like a mess. And they've cleaned up the bodies. You know, you don't see Merwin. You do see this, like, crimson stain on the ground in a sort of circular shape, a large circular shape, and you would recognize that as being where Merwin was decapitated. Bodies have all been taken away. As much of it that could be cleaned up has been. They did not replace the telescope. There's no flat place to put it where it wouldn't possibly fall over and break. When you come in, you see Rhea. She is scrubbing at the ground where that crimson stain is. Trying as hard as she can to get rid of it, all the while, even from a distance, you can still see tears welling in her eyes. Do you say anything? Where'd you put the body? She kind of startles and looks at you and just goes, "What?
1: What? Why? Marwyn's body. What? Where'd you put it? It was taken. It was taken down to down to Orvine and buried. I think. Did you make sure that Kaylian can't possess her again?
0: Uh, I mean. We... we did what we could. I don't... I mean, her... He, her head was off the body. I don't... I don't think we... there was anything that could possess her. And I mean... I don't know.
1: Kayleen came out after her head came off. So... that didn't necessarily stop her.
0: I don't know what you wanted us to do. Um... I, I just... there's so much going on. I don't really fully understand what happened... I'm sorry for your loss. Merwin was my friend. Yeah. That wasn't her that died. Well, it, it was her, but it wasn't- She wasn't her when she died.
1: I mean, I don't know about all of that, but as I said, sorry for your loss. She kind of snaps herself
0: out of things a little bit and looks at you and just goes, Are you- Are you okay?
1: Oh, you know. Find out your mother birthed you just to kill you. Then- Tried to finish the job 20 years later, and meanwhile, everybody else you care about leaves you. Yeah, I'm okay. Where's the knife?
0: The knife? Yeah, she used- Why do you want she that? She used a
1: dagger to to try to stab me several times.
0: Yeah, we, we've we got the knife. I, I didn't know what to do with it. I do. Before I go get it for you,
1: can can you- And just be honest with me here. You're not gonna stab me with it, are you? I think- uh, at that, Ziva kind of shakes out of it a little bit, and she looks at her, and there's like a kindness in Ziva's eyes, and she's like, why would I try to stab you? I mean, I'm
0: part of the church that you're- that Alien came from. I represent- I'm working here! I- I can't- um, I mean- My understanding- Just tell me you're not gonna try and stab me or
1: or Cassius, like- Here, come with me, bring the dag- I won't- I won't try to stab you, and bring Cassius, and uh, come with me to the- to the lake. She goes into the office, and a few
0: moments later, she and Cassius exit, both looking deeply terrified, and truly just- so concerned for what might happen next. And Reya is holding the dagger. She's sheathed it in its sheath, which is this ornate silver bejeweled sheath. She she looks at you and she goes, to to the lake, you, you said. They follow you down. You can kind of tell that they're holding on to the knife and they're keeping about two paces behind you, but you can hear them the whole time. You know, they're not talking to each other. They are following you, but they are clearly trying to keep themselves at
1: a safe distance. When she gets to the water's edge, she turns around. May I have the dagger?
0: Rhea looks at you and
1: just says, again, I'm just gonna ask you, are you going to kill us? So at this point, she takes off the hood. And she brushes her hair back and the scale on her forehead is visible.
0: When you do that and they see the mark of Nishadi that's on your forehead, Rhea approaches you just like she approaches you with so much awe in her face and it's just like astonished while Cassius falls to his knees almost like he is preparing to worship you. Uh,
1: don't do that. Nishadi wouldn't like that. Oh, I-I just- you you are touched- Nishadi wouldn't like that. They're-they're not really into all that.
0: Oh, okay. He stands up and brushes off his knees, and he just says, I-I apologize, um- That's-that's
1: fine. Can I just-can I have the dagger?
0: Raya, still in this kind of astonished, frozen state, Slowly, kind of brings the dagger up to you and hands it to you. Never, she's
1: not meeting your eye, su- your eye line perfectly. She's focused on the forehead. And uh, Ziva turns around to the water, and she kind of proclaims, "Khalion, I never got to deliver this message because Ferris took you out. No, sorry, Ferris didn't take you out. That would suggest that he sent you on a date or something like that. Uh, Ferris dispatched of you." Before I could give you Nishadi's message, Nishadi says that you're not worth the ground that you walk on and that you deserve to die. So good riddance. And she throws the dagger into the lake.
0: Give me a strength, strength roll. Okay, well, that's. <laughs> How bad was it?
1: Was it a oh, da- no? <laughs> that's a natural one. <laughs> so I think the first time she tries to throw it, It kind of slips out of her hand and it falls to her feet. It falls like two feet in front of her, barely on the edge of the lake, kind of. And she goes and she picks it up and she's like, sorry, I think Nishadi's saying that I didn't tell you off strongly enough. Nishadi hopes you burn in hell. And she's gonna throw it again.
0: You chuck it and it doesn't go right to the middle, but it it gets chucked deep enough that you know that most people wouldn't like if they swam out to that point, it'd be too deep in in the lake for them to
1: comfortably dive down and grab it. It is gone. And then I think Siva turns around and says, "I just didn't get to tell her off myself," and walks away. As you start walking away, Rhea and Rhea shakes out
0: of her her dumbfoundment, and she chases after you for a moment. Just goes, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! I forgot to tell you something. Um, there." There was someone looking for your friends. He he came to the temple. He was looking at 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 the damage from from whatever Merwin was doing. I don't didn't where where should I send him
1: if if I see him again? I don't know where you guys are staying. We're staying. I mean, I've been staying with Ivy in the in the Mountain Peak hub. Alara <laughs> wants to strangle you too. <laughs> I don't know who would want anything with me, though. Rhea grabs your hands
0: and just goes, You are clearly, clearly what Nishadi wants in this world. Not just by that mark, I can tell.
1: People want you. I think, I think Siva's still depressed. She's just gonna shrug, and that's her outing for the day.
0: And on that note, with Ziva throwing the dagger into the lake and wandering off, still very sad, we're going to end the episode this week. Thanks
1: for listening, everyone. We are so grateful for all of the continued support. As Ziva says, there is a time and place for arson. So light up that follow button now. If you like what you hear, leave us a five star review and maybe tell all your friends about us too.
4: Make sure to give us a follow at Rainbow Dice Club on all social platforms. And did you know that we have a discord where you can chat with the cast and hang out with some really cool people? Find the link in our show notes. Check out our Ko-Fi, too, where you can find some free behind-the-scenes
2: content. But subscribing will get you early access episodes, a shout-out on the podcast, and access to our characters' deepest, darkest thoughts via character journals. Special thanks to Josh at Tabletop Journeys Podcast for being our first-ever Green Fiend tier subscriber on our Ko-Fi.
0: Every month, we're going to be showcasing a charity that's close to our hearts. This month is the Arizona Sonora Border Project, that is an international, health-focused, Organization that provides he- access to hearing health care and prosthetics and
3: wheelchairs to low income individuals in northern Mexico. As always, thanks to SG for the theme music and so much love to our Ko fi supporters. You help us make this podcast all that it is.
0: All right, friends, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. And just remember that wherever you are in your journey, you are valid, you are accepted, and you are welcome at our table.
1: Bye. 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 Wow. It's gonna be (laughs)
3: May. Hey, folks. We are here. Each month, we'll be featuring a creator in the TTRPG space whose content we think you'd enjoy. So if you're a fellow podcaster, an artist, or a TTRPG content creator of any sort and you'd like to be featured, please reach out to us at Rainbow Dice Club on any of our socials to inquire. For the month of May, we're excited to spotlight our friends at Rolling For What Now? Podcast. Greetings adventurers and welcome to the world of Eldenhelm, a magical place filled with mystery and majestic beasts We follow the chronicles of our adventurers brought together by a mysterious being known as Vinden Many exciting adventurers await these unlikely heroes Follow their excellent adventures on a podcast platform near you right there by you on your phone. What's your phone? Awesome. Um, oh, hi trouble. Um, yeah, hi. You're supposed to be with your party.
4: My heart to Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So
3: it's
4: like over. Um,
3: hi. Uh, oh, Okay, well, head on, head on back to your friends. You know, tell the people bye. That's, people. That, that, they, these ones. I mean.
2: mine. Oh, my yeah,
3: you know Just, just check out the podcast, guys. Um, I need to bye get your back. Tra- what are you talking about?
2: <clears throat> bye.
1: Yeah.
3: Rolling for what now? Find us on all social media and wherever you get your podcasts, and rollingforwhatnow dot mm-hmm.
4: But she no. doesn't know that she's oh and also did we agree with the psionic attacks for bia's elbows that that's in effect now mm-hmm. do not
2: elbow no. drop my homunculus no. we're not gonna
4: we're not <laughs> gonna elbow drop norman i'm just saying who the fuck is calling me right now my grandmother nope mm. <laughs> can't talk granny Playing DD. and i'm about to hurt my friend. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, this is a bad moment for you to like call me. I'm <laughs> about to emotionally devastate my friends.